Welcome to the Saddle School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, February 5th, we look at Lesson 6, Jesus the Faithful Priest. Together, let's find how Jesus indeed is our King and our High Priest. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are, uh, Lesson 6. This is for February 5th, and Michael, we have a special guest with us this week. Uh, Jesus the Faithful Priest is Pastor Jim Moon. And so Michael's going to introduce us a little bit. Uh, Absolutely. Well, uh, my good friend, uh, Pastor Jim Moon and his wife, Ingrid, they're staying with us. We we've got the hoops basketball uh, tournament going on on our campus. So lots of activity, lots of energy. Right. And uh, the moons, their son is playing as part of that. So they're our guests. And so we were just uh, visiting together. I thought. One of my dear friends, we pastored together in Rocky Mountain Conference mm-hmm. years ago. We Excellent. were in the same orbit. Yeah, yeah, in the same and the same district. So we would get together <laughs> for like what a book club and all mm-hmm. kinds of different yeah. things. So we've just been good friends over the years. And um, something fun about uh, Jim is he's now Dr. Moon, and Ooh. as he recently completed a Doctor of Ministry degree. So congratulations, congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So, we're just glad to have you on the podcast with us. Good to be here. Thank yeah, you. so we're, we're going to be looking for some of those insights, and I know that's not easy work, so I'm th- very thankful that God has, God has led you to be with us today and that your son is having a good time playing basketball as well. Thank you. All right, so our, our memory text from this week is actually found in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26, and this entire uh, section is talking about uh, Jesus as our high priest, but uh, Hebrews 7, 26, New King James Version says, for such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens. We should say amen, collect the offering, and, and go home, right? That's <laughs> right. Well, it's all about Jesus. It is. It really is. And what he's done for us. And, and so, Michael, talk to us what uh, a priest on behalf of human beings has done. This is Sunday's lesson. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm reading from my NIV here today, and I'm not going to read this whole passage, but uh, it's a little bit of uh, background about the, about the priesthood itself. So it's setting this up here. It says, uh, verse 1, every high priest is selected from among the people and is appointed to represent the people and matters related to God and to offer gifts and sacrifices for sin. So um, again, it's setting the stage for what is a priest, or in this case, a high priest. And it's making it very clear that the priest has to be one of the people. It can't be someone that's an outsider that imposes their will on the people, but collected <laughs> from among the people with the interest of the people at heart, because there's obviously that that connection, there's that relationship that is that is there, right? And right. so it's um, so it's establishing the criteria, and the parallels to Jesus are just um, incredible mm-hmm. to think about. You know how many parallels? Because it, it, eventually it's getting to the point where um, Jesus is our high priest, which is kind of the main point of of our lesson here for for this week. And um, you know, it, it, and, and I, I guess I'm going to read verses. Um, uh, three and four. This is why he has to offer sacrifices 
for his own sins as well as for the sins of the people. And no one takes this honor on himself, but receives it when called by God, just as Aaron was. So mm. you, you don't usually get to choose You say, I'm going to be the priest or I'm going to be the prophet, right? Um, right. It's, it's a appointed or chosen. It's, it's a, a specific role that is given to somebody. And then it compares that to Christ. Christ didn't take on himself this glory, right? No. So all of these things with the priesthood, the ancient Levitical priesthood, um, and then it talks about the order of Melchizedek. Jim, who's this Melchizedek priest guy? Yeah, yeah, uh, tell us. I remember correctly, uh, I think, was it Genesis 14 when there was a conflict uh, between uh, some kings that had ca- and Lot got captured and mm-hmm. Abraham goes to wreck uh, to uh, ca- to uh, rescue his nephew and then mm-hmm. um, at the end of the story, he bumps into this high priest Melchizedek, yeah. who uh, I don't think there was any geolo- genealogical record of mm-hmm. of Melchizedek. So I'm guessing then the writer of Hebrews picked up uh, that that Old Testament character of Melchizedek as being il- illustrative of Christ, who has no beginning and end, and so because. There we go. Here was this high priest who had uh, in old in the Old Testament, which I don't think scholars would suggest was actually Christ, but but yeah. was kind of representative of the idea mm. of who Christ would be when he came. And so this is a this is this is a different kind of order. It's a better priesthood without beginning and without end. Christ, yeah, yeah. Christ. Um, I think the New Testament writers made the case that. You know, is it Colossians uh, where essentially Christ is the active vehicle or the active agent of the God Godhead's initiative in the salvation of, of man? We see him wrestling with Jacob in the Old Testament. We see him encountering Moses at the burning bush. And so right. he prior to his incarnation as a man, he is still mm-hmm. active among men in the old testament and yet he is without beginning and end i don't know i'm just kind of yeah no yeah. no I, I i think that's exactly right go ahead michael well i was just going to say you know it's just, you know the point that this this passage is making is we don't get to choose right and in the end of this you know the high priest wasn't chosen i mean wasn't couldn't just elect himself or herself no. right. himself i guess and and melchizedek it, it, verse 10 and mm-hmm. designated by god to be the high priest in the mm-hmm. order of melchizedek and it's comparing it with jesus he's also the one who is chosen by god through the plan of redemption and that's what the high priest is all about is this plan of redemption and something else cool about melchizedek is that he was king and priest, right? Yeah. And so you see this priest who is also reigning, but who also reigns with justice and with mercy and with, yeah. you know, and so you see this uh, Jesus fulfilling this idea of Mekizeldek even greater than he actually could, right? And yeah. so uh, the Apostle Paul, as, as he's writing this, he continues on with this uh, ideation that this is who Christ is. This is what he's doing for us. This is what he's done for us. He deserves this on behalf of human beings to fulfill this order. <laughs> and so it is actually, I don't know, it, I actually, uh, it came full circle for me as I was studying for this week of this typology of Jesus, right? So it wasn't Jesus, but it was a type. It was a typology and uh, brought a lot of, uh, brought a lot of 
recollection and correction for me. Something I find interesting that I've just kind of seen for the first time today is that um, where he talks about that the priests, um, in verse two of chapter five, the priests of the Levitical order were able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and going astray since he himself is subject to weakness. Mm. Now, in um, verse 14 of the preceding chapters at 15, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but has but have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet without, without yet he sin. did not sin. So, so the Levitical priesthood was a connecting point of empathy in that they were subject to weakness. And yet I think they're, they're, even, even this priest who comes in the, the order of Melchizedek, who is entirely different from us in that he has no beginning and an end, yet he chooses to entirely identify with us by entering into our weakness, yet overcoming in that he doesn't sin. So he's entirely other and yet entirely um, one anothering with those <laughs> that he comes to save. Yeah, I, I love that. So moving uh, forward with this idea of Melchizedek, Michael, tell us, uh, and, and, and Pastor Jim, tell us a little bit about him being an effective priest, Jesus. Yeah, so if you turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 7, and Jim, maybe I'll ask you to go ahead and just uh, read this passage, okay. uh, verses 11 through 16. So we, I know we've talked quite a bit about Melchizedek now, but but now coming back to Jesus here full circle is the priest had this role, this redemptive role. So uh, fill us in on this. Well, I'm reading from the NIV here. If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law given to the people established that priesthood, why was there still need of another priest to come, one in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron? For when the priesthood is changed, the law must be changed also. He of whom these things are said belonged to a different tribe, and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. For it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah, and in regard to the tribe, Moses said nothing about priests in regard to that tribe, in regard to Judah. Mm -hmm. And what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. Mm. Amen. Yeah, so what, it's interesting here, what Paul is doing in the lesson, I think points this out very nicely, is that some people are trying to take an overly literal reading of the ancient priesthood, that it, it's only a son of Levi, so therefore um, was Jesus, well, Jesus was from the tribe of Judah, so he's not a Levite. So therefore, could he actually really be our priest? And that kind of overly literalistic reading of the Old Testament uh, here, uh, Hebrews is saying that's that's not correct. And it's not correct because we see that uh, God makes Jesus a priest. And so there is this uh, development. So and I, I think that's a challenge that we always face in, in all of salvation history. Uh, we face it in Christian history. We certainly yeah, we face it with 
um, and Adventism, right? This overly literalistic way of reading and interpreting scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, The ancient Jews did it. Um, More recently, we call this fundamentalism. Buster, uh, you know, I've been working on this book on, on Adventist fundamentalism. It's almost done. I'm just so excited to have this almost finished. And, and that's the same problem they had, the fundamentalists, overly rigid, literalistic, and reading inspired writings, whether that's the Bible or it, for a lot of Adventists, maybe Ellen White. It's not saying that you don't value and appreciate those things, but if you do that, you can actually miss Jesus. Yes. And that's what Pastor Paul is saying. Uh, and so what we're finding here in Hebrews, in this passage in Hebrews 7, is, is um yeah, be be careful. Be careful that we don't lose sight of Jesus, and because he he really is our high priest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Know? Well, and, and there's this sense in which, while the activity of God is in harmony with the revelation of God mm-hmm. from the past, mm-hmm. um, there there are things until God brings the fleshing out of His revelation in Christ that will catch us by surprise so it's like they even paul before his conversion thought he understood the story and Mm -hmm. was well-intentioned uh and sincere in his persecution of the church but in the counter of christ it all kind of turns on its head and he begins to see things that were actually in one sense there in the text, mm-hmm, right. but until Christ appears on the scene, it's like he didn't fully understand even what the old text was saying. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and, and so for the fundamentalist in all of us, yeah. until Christ appears on the scene of our experience and mm-hmm. we encounter him in, in, in maybe a resurrection kind of experience, we're all kind of in the dark and we, mm-hmm. we, we, we remain in the dark, even having encountered the risen Christ, we see through a glass dimly, but yeah. um, when he shows up, we begin to see, this is a different priest. Uh, it's interesting when he's preached, Paul is preaching in Athens. Right. Not only does he say in, as in Hebrews, Christ has is a priest because of the power of an indestructible life. But in his message to the Athenians, he will say, well, because of that resurrection that God accomplished in Christ, he will now judge the quick and the dead. So he's not only made a priest by the power of the resurrection, but he is made judge by the power of the resurrection. That's pretty cool. You you know, that brings us perfectly to Wednesday's lesson, which uh, uh, dovetails off of Hebrew 7.16, which is, because uh, it's off the basis of an endless life. Uh, Mm. Jesus' merits alone are enough to make him high priest. Jesus' merits alone are enough to make him king. And I was talking about this eternal priest. It says, on what basis did Jesus become priest? Well, he's a part of the Godhead and he was appointed and he chose his appointing, right? It's almost like he appointed himself, uh, but he was also one of us. And therefore he also has the right to be priest because he's one of us. Uh, you read it earlier, uh, Jim, which is Hebrews 4, 15, 16. Uh, he has gone through everything we've gone through and yet he did not sin, right? Uh, and so he's saying, I can identify with you. I understand what you're going through. And mm. if you could do me a, a huge favor, uh, either one of you, if you re- can read Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22, Hebrews 7, 22, and it asks this question as you're turning there, 
what is Jesus uh, in what is Jesus in relation to the new covenant? Yeah, yeah. Um, because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant. Mm. And, you know, ultimately, isn't the old, old covenant just this? <clears throat> if you follow these things I have prepared for you, I will be, uh, you know, uh, life will be great. It'll, I will be with you. We have this covenant. We have this agreement. And man has always proven. I've proven it time. I've, I, I know I've proven it today that I can't do it, right? Uh, I'm still striving to do it, don't get me wrong, but I can't do it. And so therefore, isn't it the merits of Christ, the righteousness of Christ, that the, by the very name which I confess and repent, and I take off my old righteousness and I take on his righteousness as my own, that's the covenant, that's the new covenant. The old covenant is, I'm gonna try to do this in my own merits and it's proven time and time again, we cannot, but through the merits of Christ, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Uh, mm. I can overcome because he already overcame because at, at, the, at the end, the book of life is simply going to say redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Uh, does, does that uh, erase all responsibility from me? No, because I love him. I'm actually going to strive to not hurt him. But I also realize in the midst of that, I can't save myself. It is the savior that is saving me. It is the high priest. Uh, this high priest, who is also the sacrifice, is mm. the one that can save me, the high priest. Uh, mm. uh, anybody else want to add to any, anything to there? No, I, I love it. I Actually, I think that's a good uh, segue also to the uh, Thursday's lesson, which is kind of building on that eternal, but also this other qualitative aspect um, a sinless, a sinless priest. Yes. Uh, well, which is such a beautiful uh, way to think of Jesus. Um, he was one like us. He was fully human like us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he yes. was still God. But but in, in his humanity, um, he uh, never sinned. Um, whereas Ellen White talks about that, that he was that um, that holy thing, you know, that that's there's something something different. And that was um, it wasn't that he had some kind of uh, super secret, secret knowledge like the Gnostics would believe, but 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 he was really truly one with us, but he was without sin. And um, so it talks about this Hebrews 7 verse 26. I'm going to ask one more verse from you, uh, Jim. Sure. Uh, verse 26. Yeah, uh, let me make sure I got the right. Uh, Such a high, yeah, yeah, you got the right one. Such a high priest truly meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins, then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. Mm. Now, at Go ahead. Well, I'm just thinking yeah. about this, and 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 maybe that's you had mentioned something earlier. And tell me your name again. I'm Buster. bad with names. Buster. Buster. You had mentioned this idea that that Christ was both chosen for his office, but in a sense, he chose his office. Was it this passage you were thinking of when you you said something to the effect of Jesus choosing? his office? Um, I don't know. I just or being chosen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah. but. 
maybe the sense in which he chose the office was was offering himself. I mean, mm. um, you, you, know, you know, I, I was specifically thinking of the sto- uh, our story of redemption, uh, where Sister White's describing before he even came to Earth, the plans that were into place and the Godhead coming together and figuring it out and. This wasn't uh, just a, a, an isomeric decision for Jesus for him to say, oh, I'm going to do this. But he was offered this. Right. And he, he was part of him choosing to, mm. to to be a part of this. And uh, I think scripture is congruent with that as well. Um, seeing him being the firstborn among many. But 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 that being a, a choice that he had to go through with and also looking even at in the book of Luke, uh, seeing him sweating drops of blood. Right even going through with the cross, uh, he had a choice there, but he still chose to, to come through and do it for us. Um, Which is interesting because if I understand kind of, if I understand the salvation transaction from kind of my background, the only thing that we can really bring to the table is our, is our will, is our choice, Mm. is a yielding of our will. Um, Surrender. And even even faith in that transaction is something we receive in a sense. It's like the man Mm. that said, Mm. I believe, help my unbelief. So the choice becomes, do I choose to put my confidence in his choice? Do I choose to put Mm. my faith in his faithfulness Mm. so that um, um, the only saving grace uh, that I get <laughs> the only thing I get to contribute to saving grace as as revealed in Christ's offering of himself and in, in Christ's faith is that I just choose to say amen, mm. amen to the reality that his choice and his faith and his trust in the Father is enough not only for him but for me. Amen. Yeah, you know, I, I I love that. You know, will my choice be, uh, you know, will my choice join in his choice? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's powerful. Thank you so much, Jim. Yeah. Well, what, can you think of anything else to add for this week, Buster? Man, no, that was that was powerful. That's solid right there. Jim, yeah. we have to get you back on here. <laughs> well, I, I need to I choose to choose his choice. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, I think that's a great way to to end this weekend with our audience, you know, make sure that you're making and regardless whether you choose his choice or not, you're, we're making a choice. So how about we intentionally choose to choose his choice. Right. Mm. And uh, I was just having a conversation about that with the student who's been going through a really hard time. And he says, he hasn't been thinking for himself since before Christmas break. And he says, today was the first day where he made a conscious decision to wake up and have a devotional life and spend it with Jesus. Mm, and it. I said, it is a conscious decision. And mm-hmm. it reminded me, don't just float through life and just saying what happened to my days, but every day we, we, we can actually make a choice. Mm, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, I think that puts a, a wrap for another week, Buster. So hey, uh, you thank too. you, Jim, for uh, right. joining us. We appreciate Amen. that very much. And so this is uh, Soup. And Swoops, signing Sign out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. 
By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.